Yeah, look like you're here. <laughs> Put on a smile this morning. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about when Pastor Jonathan was sharing. I think our staff, Pastor staff is getting older. Everybody's wearing glasses. <laughs> uh, this morning, uh, we're going to continue our series on Let's Go Fishing. And I just want to uh, thank Pastor Eddie. We're going to be tag teaming this morning in doing the message. And I want to thank him because he did all the outline, the PowerPoint, <laughs> and the sermon notes. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you to Pastor Eddie. He's blessing me with his gift that God has given him and his passion. So I am the recipient of what God has given him. So amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. And we thank you for such a great time of worship and that your presence is here in the midst of us. Ask that you open up our hearts to receive the word of heaven into us. The Lord, that we can be changed into your image. In Jesus' name, amen. As you know, uh, the series that we're talking about, we know this, that Jesus had a strategy to transform the world. And you can find it in Luke chapter 10. Imagine this. There were 120 disciples. And today, of the 7 billion people in the world, there's over Two point, over 2 billion people that believe in Christ. Can you imagine that? From 120 to now. God is, wants to transform the world that we live in. Your world that you live in. And you know where it starts? It starts, first of all, from your heart. Your heart. And as we look in these scriptures on Luke chapter 9 and John 4, there are two different encounters with the one was the disciples, with the people of the Samaritan people. Now, in Luke 9, the disciples wanted to, I guess, call fire down and burn whatever the Samaritan city. Because they had so much hatred for them. And vice versa, uh, the Jews didn't like them and the Samaritans didn't like the Jews. And in their hearts was exposed that they really didn't care for them. And imagine this. Jesus had to rebuke them. And he usually doesn't do that. But he knew what was in their heart, and he wanted to correct their hearts and rebuke them. Verses in John chapter 4 with the Samaritan woman, Jesus loved her. And through that love, she went back to her city and caused a revival on who Christ was. Two different things. It all begins with our hearts. And we need to have the heart of Jesus. And it says, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So we're going to go into this in Luke 10, where Jesus' strategy to transform our world that we live in. Number one is bless. Number two, fellowship, which we'll be talking about today. Three, pray. And four, preach. God gives us a blueprint on how to transform our world that we live so last week we talked about bless, and Pastor John and Pastor Eddie gave a great message on blessing and how bless will transform people's lives. And so the first step, as they said, was to bless, to bless people and to be a blessing. And today we're going to talk about the second point is about fellowship. It says this, and if the son of peace be there... Your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. In the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they, were, as they give for the laborer is worthy of his hire. 
go not from house to house. When you think about the word fellowship, what comes to mind when you think about in modern day language? What comes to my mind is just hanging out together. Somebody put it this way, it's all the fellows in a ship. We're just hanging out together. And think about this, Jesus spent more time building relationship, eating and drinking with people more than anything else. He built his relationships with people through that. And I looked up, um, there's a Christian course called The Contagious Christian. They teach this principle. The first thing they teach is a principle called barbecue first. There is something about coming together as people. Something happens. There's a dynamic that happens. I don't know if you follow basketball. I used to follow basketball at the NBA. And a long time ago, there was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. They were the two top college players at that time. And Magic Johnson's team beat Larry Bird in the finals. And they both went into the NBA at that time. And both different teams, one was the Celtics, Bird, Magic Johnson was the uh, Lakers, and they hated each other. The teams hated each other. They didn't like each other at all. But so happened that both of them were sponsored by a, a shoe company. I forgot what company that was. And they had to do a commercial shoot at Larry Bird's house. We had a basketball court and all. And Magic Johnson didn't want to go. He said, what am I doing here? I don't even like this guy. They went, they did the, the, the commercial shoot, and then at lunchtime, Larry said, Magic, um, first of all, Magic thought, well, I'm going to eat by myself. But Larry reached out and said, oh, my mom cooked something for you uh, for our lunch. So he reluctantly went. There he, he sat down with the mom and Larry, and it changed his life about who Larry was. Ever since that time, they became best friends. Even though they were competitors later, they became best friends. All through getting together. There's a dynamic of something happens when we get together. So this morning, we're going to be sharing on that area of fellowship and coming together. One, God will give you favor with certain people. And two, they receive you as a blessing to them. Two parts of fellowship. God will give you favor with certain people. It says, if the son of peace be there, so there is a favor that God will give you with people like, this relates to people with relational chemistry. And the word peace in the Bible is ira na, ne, ira ne. It's Greek. I don't know Greek, but I'm trying to say it. So it means harmony, <laughs> concord, no discord. Harmony, favor with connecting with people is this. People chemistry connects people with each other. There's something about when you meet people that you know that you can, that there's a connection there, an automatic connection there. I don't know if you know that. And as you get to know them, um, there's something there. And I remember when uh, my pastors, uh, when I was on Oahu, the college pastor, I got to know him because, first of all, I was kind of afraid, but then we got together, we played golf together, because he, he liked to golf, we played, and it was through that that we got some kind of connection with each other, and we started doing all kinds of stuff together after that, and he discipled me and mentored me in my life. 
But there's some people that we do get along with each other. And God will place those people in your life. And most of the time, it starts with a common interest. And as you know, the church is going to be going to what we call connect groups. Um, that we can use that time. First of all, those connect groups are to establish where people that have a common interest and passions to get together. The second thing is to grow your faith through that. And one thing I know that with, with groups, there's something there that happens. I used to go to this golf course when I was a superintendent to conferences, you know, where people from all over the world would come and we would sit in classes and uh, it was good. But the thing that touched me the most or I gained the most was when I sat down with the other superintendents from Hawaii and we sat down and we had dinner together, lunch together, and we talked about everything, about life, about the golf courses and all that. Actually, I benefited more from getting together with the superintendents together than the classes. I picked up things from the classes, but it was through the group having time with them that I think I gained more than anything else. So through the connect groups, we're going to do that. The other thing, too, is to see the world, to see people in the world so that they come to know Christ through the means of connect groups. So if you ever thought of winning your family and friends to Christ, this will be an opportunity for you to invite them. I mean, there's going to be a lot of classes, of, I mean, groups that will be coming out. Because I remember, I, remember um, I had a problem with the plumbing at home. And then one of my friends in church had a brother who, who does plumbing. So he came, and he, he was doing the plumbing work. And I started talking to him, trying to get to know him. And come to find out, he knew people in this church. And so at the end, I said, hey, why don't you one day come by uh, to church? And his first response to me was, if I come to church, the church is going to be burnt down. You ever heard of that when you ask people to come? So I told him, no, church is for sinners. And then he looked at me a little strange. I think people in the world have a different idea of what church is. Church is for sinners, people who need God in their life, people who want the Lord. It's a, like a spiritual hospital at times. But in him, so what these connect groups will do is we're bringing church to them. And I'm excited about it. And one of the classes that I'm involved in right now, I mean, it's like a connect. Pastor John does a DeFi class. And it had helped me to connect with my brother and my nephew on Oahu. Through this, I got to talk to them more, speak to them more. And my brother and nephew, they love money too, so they came. But anyway. <laughs> and I, I remember... <laughs> I the staff luncheon at the end of the year. They said, what are you thankful for? Everybody went around. And I finally said, well, I'm thankful for Je besides Jesus. I'm thankful for Pastor John and the DeFi class because he's helping me a lot in my financial <laughs> area of me. If you're still interested, it's still open. It's doing such a great job. The other thing, too, is some will see your life as a blessing to them. Your peace shall rest upon it. My pastor on Oahu, the college pastor, we became my pastor later. Um, he always told me this when he used to teach me. He says, you know, 
You're no accident, but you're God's idea going somewhere to happen. You're no accident. I'm no accident, but God's idea going somewhere to happen. You know that God's favor is upon you because Jesus is on your life, in your life, and you have God's gift in you to bless people. God's favor is upon you, and you don't realize it. It is upon you. You are a blessing, and you have the ability to bless people. Your life is a blessing to people in every way. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before men. They may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is, is in heaven. God's desire is that this, that your life shine forth to touch people's lives. And I just want to give a shout out to Mana, who, who was part of our, who is, who, who's been a great, he plays the bass. But I got to know him because he was part of our team. He came to Wailuku and became part of our team of Wailuku. And he was, he's a blessing to me. He really was, is a blessing to me. But just being around people, you're, people will bless you and you're going to be a blessing to them too. And now I'm going to pass it on to Pastor Eddie as he comes and finishes us up. Amen. Let's give Pastor Eddie a hand. Thank you. What do we say thank you to Pastor Lance? That was great. <laughs> we, are, um, we are looking at the correction Jesus gave to his disciples on how to treat people. And most of the time in our lives, we don't realize the attitudes that we have in our hearts actually affect the relationships that we have with them. And so when the disciples went to Samaria, I think that that was a, their rejection by the Samaritans was actually a reflection of what was in their hearts. I think they were really reluctant to go to a, uh, a Samaritan village that was set apart as not part of the Jewish community. And I think there's lots of people like that in our lives that we kind of put in a corner and we say, you know, they're, they're untouchable. You know, they, they have no hope. And we've got to change the way we look at it. And Jesus gave them the instructions. This is how you treat people. This is how you look at relationships. And so chapter 10 is Jesus' correction. He rebuked them. But then he instructed them. And this is, this is the instruction he gives to them. He says, if the son of peace, well, the first part was uh, uh, to go and speak peace to a home. Have the right attitude of heart so that you can speak uh, positively, not uh, with any sense of uh, rejection and animosity uh, and ill will. Uh, how, many, how many of you have ever had people that uh, live around you or you work with, you rub shoulders with, and you just wish that they weren't around? Ever, ever had people like that? You just wish th that it would be best if they got fired or neighbors would just move and everything would be so much better uh, without them. You know, ever feel like that? I think with, as Christians, we don't realize that we carry that kind of attitude within our own hearts. Or you can look at relatives and wish that, you know, maybe 
your sister didn't get married to that guy, you know, then your family would be so much better. And God wants to change our hearts. That's the first thing. And so that whole concept of blessing, uh, speaking peace, is the attitude of our hearts as we relate to people. That's the first thing. The second thing is that once we get that right, once we have a, a love for people and God deals with all the negative attitudes in our hearts, the second thing is fellowship. Find something common with people. And you know, you don't, we don't have to get along with everybody. We need to love everybody, but we don't have to get along with everybody. And there's certain people that you get along with a lot better than other folks in your lives. There's a, Pastor Lance touched on that, you know, there's a chemistry that you have that when you meet a certain person, you just get attracted to them. And you talk about a subject, and all of a sudden, there's a lot to talk about. And you've got a lot in common with one another. And there's a personal chemistry where you just just naturally get attracted to them. They get attracted to you, and you, you guys just like each other. Um, and, and those are the people that I believe God has given us and enrolled with where we can build a relationship because of some common interest that we have uh, with them. And so these are the things that um, Jesus says. This is Luke chapter 10, verse 6 and 7. And he, and he says, uh, if the son of peace be there, he says not everyone is going to have the same sense of harmony with you. Peace is the word harmony in Greek. And, you know, there's some people, you meet them, and you're trying to get first base with them, and you can't even get on a, a you know, you're just trying to find subjects to talk about, and you can't get anywhere, right? So, but there's certain people that you meet, and all of a sudden, and I shared in the first service, I'm not going to share about that, but I, there was a guy that I met in college that we just kind of, in one of the classes, we just got along, and we just went out for lunch together regularly during that whole semester. And his whole life since then has changed, even though he didn't, he, he gave me the freedom to share about my relationship with the Lord. And today, even though he didn't accept the Lord then, through a whole course of events, a, a series of events, his, he is today a minister, uh, a marriage minister and a church planter. You know, you never know what is going to happen with the time that you invest in, in somebody else's life, whether they're Christians or not, of what is going to happen in the future of their lives? And yet, if God's directing us to do that, we invest our lives into their lives, and we don't know what the future is going to hold, but God's in charge of the future, right? He, we're not in charge of the future. We just do what the Lord tells us to do, and he's in charge of what's going to happen. Um, this is the second week that Andrea's... Uh, pastor from California is here, Brad, and I think your name is Ann, right? <laughs> and um, they invested 14 years into Andrea's life, and she came here pretty mature as a Christian and has been able to be a tremendous blessing to all of our lives because of what they've invested. I don't know if they, they realized when they were investing her in her life what was going to be the uh, blessing that, that would come through her life. So the, the scripture says, if the son of peace be there, then your peace shall rest upon it. There, there's going to be a reciprocal uh, relationship. The, if there's peace in the other person's life, the peace that you have will be exchanged with their lives. There's going to be a 
common uh, connection in your relationship. The son of peace is there. Uh, if not, it shall return to you again. You just realize, hey, this relationship is not going to work. And in the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they give. So the first part says that God will give you favor with certain people. And just take that as a real indication. God wants you to, to pursue something in that relationship. The second uh, point that Pastor Lance covered was these people will receive you as a blessing. Not only will they uh, open their hearts to you uh, and be a blessing to you, you can open your heart to them and you will be a blessing to them. The son of peace will receive your peace. Uh, and then it says, uh, remain there eating and drinking as they give. Uh, stay in the same house and do not go from house to house. Uh, the third point is to build a reciprocal relationship of sharing. They'll, get, they'll, they'll have something to give to you. They'll say, sit down, let's eat, let's drink. And they have resources to share. with. It's really interesting. I, um, I don't know if you can just find that picture. There's a picture of our tennis group that uh, has just developed over the past probably two months. Uh, Sabi and Patty and Joe and myself from the church were playing tennis together. And uh, we just had a hard time getting other people to play. Uh, and I was investing my life with Pastor Lance and Doug Ige and Byron, my brother-in-law, and just going out. They hadn't played tennis for years, you know, for decades. And I just went out, spent time with them every week, you know, just a half hour, an hour playing tennis with them so that they got back their strokes and everything. And then lo and behold, after a few months, we had this this group of tennis guys coming out. And on a Saturday, we'll have probably uh, two and a half courts filled, you know, with 10 or 12 people coming out to play tennis. And now we've got women who are interested in, in that. And out of the group, there's probably a handful, you know, three or four that don't know the Lord at all. And they'll be, they'll come to the they play with other groups, but they, when they came to our group, they just said, there's something special about you guys. We want, can we keep coming back and playing with you folks? Um, what is really, really interesting is one, uh, a guy who's a foreigner, and most people didn't want to talk with him because they couldn't understand what he was saying. You know, he's, he's been in America for a while, but he's had a hard time learning English. And so when he's talking, you can't even understand his English. And... I try really hard to listen, and he, he's come up so many times. You know, we just, we just would have him come as a spare player. But he came up one day, and he says, can I come and play with you every week? Please let me come and play with you. I thought, well, you know, if God is giving me that kind of favor with people, so I said, yeah, okay, come on, you know. And there's some people that really didn't want him around, but uh, he has he, he's just opened his heart to me, you know, and I... I just believe, as a Buddhist in background, I, I believe that God's going to work in his heart and touch his heart and turn him uh, to the Lord. They'll, so anyway, one of, the, one of these guys, the guy on the left, his, uh, he's a former architect and retired here in, in Maui. Uh, we got rained out yesterday. We're sitting and we're just talking with each other under a tree. He's 80 years old and he's playing tennis running around the court. And a few weeks ago, the guys told me, he is playing so good tennis. And they didn't realize how old he was. And I, I told him that. I just gave him a compliment. And 
<clears throat> he looked at me and he said, you know, a few years ago, I just realized my body was getting so tight. I love people, uh, just to get an insight into myself, I love people who understand health, who understand nutrition, who understand how to keep yourself fit and healthy. Um, and I didn't realize he was one of them. You know, he, he said, my body was getting, so, my muscles were getting so tight. My body was so uh, uh, inflexible. My wife has been taking Pilates on a regular basis, encouraged me to come out. And about a year and a half ago, I started doing that. And I'm a whole lot more flexible at 80 years old than I was before. And I thought, wow, hey, you're my guy. <laughs> I'm learning things about that too. You know, that you can get stronger as you get older physically. You don't have to accept the, the myth that's going around that when you get old, you get frail. You don't have to accept that. And so I shared with him that uh, over the past year and a half, uh, I have a scale that measures my muscle mass that I have gone from a muscle mass of 116 pounds to 122 pounds of muscle. So I've gained in a year and a half six pounds of muscle in my body and it re actually recapturing some of the strength that I had. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Why am I telling you this? <laughs> recapturing some of, my <laughs> some of my strength from when I was 40 and 50 years old. Um, I tell, oh, I'm talking to you about Gary, the guy on the left, 80 years old, and then he told me that he, um, he's taking this Pilates course that actually has something similar as an equipment to the total gym that builds uh, his body through resistance exercise, using his, um, your weight, uh, your body weight, <laughs> and I thought, oh, wow, that is really, really terrific. And so I began, we spent a half an hour just talking, you know, just about that. Uh, his dad died at 103, was walking and healthy and independent until 100 years old. And I looked at that and I said, you know, I kind of believe that I'm going to live to 100 healthy, playing tennis, running around, and even up to 120 years old. <laughs> I, I really feel that. And there's science that's right now backing that up. Um, so there's, th there's people that I believe God will connect us with that will have similar interests, uh, similar desires, similar backgrounds that we'll just connect with. And those are the people that God would wanna, want us to reach and touch and see brought into the kingdom of God. Building a reciprocal relationship of sharing with them and then developing relationships with common interests. Uh, let me share this story let me show you the story, and we've got three minutes. And can we have the worship? Is the worship team here? Can they come up? Are you guys here? Okay. Um, can you put Kama's uh, picture up there? We have a preschool that's really amazing, and some of you might have heard the story, but some of you haven't. Um, we have a preschool that's been in existence for a little over 15 years. We started with a Montessori program. And I wanted to see a preschool that wasn't just a babysitting program. Most preschools are, you know, you just come, keep, keep the kids active, doing something. But the Montessori program gets kids, it started with uh, this woman, I think in, in, in Rome or in Italy, that had a burden for 
uh, dis dysfunctional mentally kids, mentally dysfunctional kids, and built a program to help the mentally disabled to grab hold of uh, math, English uh, concepts so that they could keep up with just regular kids. And it became a success. And then she thought, if it could be successful for uh, kids with mental disability, what could it do for just average kids? And so that's what our program is. Our pre preschool program is um, teaching all of these uh, elemental principles in education to kids who are in preschool before they get into kindergarten and first grade. And all of our kids going into kindergarten are just, uh, the teachers that receive them in kindergarten are shocked with them because they know everything that kindergarten is going to teach them. And some of our kids have become assistants to the teacher in their classes. And so we get this free, uh, free advertisement going around in Maui, and we've got a long list of kids on the waiting list, so we don't even have to advertise. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. You know what is even more amazing is how it got started. And it got started 10 years before that. While I was playing tennis one day at the old um, Maui College tennis course. It's no longer there. It's a parking lot. But I was playing together with a bunch of friends and uh, Wayne and Sue brought their daughter. And she was just sitting on the side. She wasn't, she's a high school student. And we're playing tennis. And then I was sitting, sitting out for this one set. And Sue comes up to me and she says to me, uh, my daughter got up this morning and I don't know how to answer this question. She asked me, how do I, how can I know God? Just, just a, question just popped up in, in Kama's mind. And so she looked at me and she said, Sue looked at me and she said, um, you're a minister, you know Jesus, can you talk with my daughter? I said, yeah, sure, I'd be glad to. So she sat down and I began to explain on the tennis court, sitting down on one of the benches, explaining to Kama what it means to know Jesus in her life. She opens her heart, gives her heart to the Lord, becomes part of our church program goes to school, goes to Shamanad, gets a Montessori training that I didn't even know about. And when we're ready to open our preschool, she becomes our key teacher. I thought, only God can arrange and engineer something like that. God will take the kind of things that you're interested in, you enjoy. And he will take that to use that, to connect you with people that are similar to you, that enjoy those things. And through it, open hearts so that their lives can come to know what is important for life itself. And when they need help, they'll come to you because they know that you've got a spiritual ingredient in your life that they don't have. And I just want you to just open your heart this morning. Let's, let's all stand. We're going to worship and close. And I'll pass it over to Pastor John. There's relationships, there's interests, there's groups you're part of, school, work, uh, neighbors, family, and they're not accidents. 
they're there because of God's design. And he wants to take your life in those kinds of relationships and let your life so shine before men, Jesus said, that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God will build a bridge to touch and change their lives. Father, this morning we thank you that you're working each one of our lives that where we are is where you desire for us to be. You've asked us to go out into the harvest and we're in the harvest. Give us eyes to see the harvest around us. That we can be the laborers that you've asked us to be with the relationships and the favor that you've given us with many others. And we believe through our lives, many lives will be touched because you have already ordained that this harvest will be reaped and brought into your kingdom. Use us, we pray in Jesus' wonderful name.